I don't get out and meet a lot of new people. Why not? I don't know, I just don't. Are you nervous? Oh yeah, don't forget to buy a hat, gloves, and a jacket. It's cold this time of year, back in 64. This is a job, right? Remember that. It's unlike any other, but you still have tasks to perform, deadlines to meet. Some days those tasks are easier than others, but it's imperative that you succeed. You always knew this day would come. You can do this. Why don't you meet new people? Uh, I'm not very good in social situations. Some people just don't like me, I guess. Why is that, do you think? I don't know. Perhaps it's because you think you're better than them. Excuse me? Well, you think you're superior. Who the hell are you doing? You don't even know me. Am I wrong? Takes one at no one. True. what makes you so superior? Uh, I can read minds. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. All right, what am I thinking right now? You're thinking charm class isn't helping this situation. Wow, amazing. You're thinking, why does everyone always get what they want and I get nothing? That I'm tired of being tough all the time. Everyone thinks that. You pretend like love doesn't matter to you when the truth is it's all you ever think about. That's not true. Okay. Oh, what, you don't believe me? You've known me for a whole hour. You've never been in love. That's none of your business. That's not an answer. What makes you think you deserve one? You're right. I'm sorry for being so direct. You said that I'm not how you imagined. Have we met before? No, I... I don't know why I said that. Because I feel like we have. Things haven't been easy for you, have they? Everyone's got problems. Yeah. We all trip up along the way. But you and I, perhaps over the same things.
will risk it all to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your host, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now. You're tuned live to the show they call the Cinema 9 Podcast. My name is Michael Govier, that's Travis Roy, and that's Eric Branstrom. You can see us on our YouTube channel, which has absolutely exploded over the last month. We've doubled our subs, almost tripled them. Eric Branstrom, how have you done it? You've really put in some work here. You've taken our YouTube channel over 100 so we can have our own authentic URL, which is now youtube.com slash Cinema 9 Podcast. hey it's all about engagement. You got to uh, support the rest of the, you know, podcasting, movie analysis community. And in turn, they will support you back. So it's been great. Well, well done, man. We, we've definitely just kind of put stuff on YouTube without going out and being, you know, proactive and, and getting involved in the in the community there. Uh, you can get, we, we've been more engaged on in, on Instagram, but I'm glad that you're, uh, you know, you're doing a lot of social media duty. So well done on you. The YouTube, I don't even know how you just described that. I'm going to listen back to the show because I love the way you describe the community. The YouTube movie-going public. I don't, I don't know. I won't listen to what I say either. That's why I started a podcast. No one does. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's yeah, saying. right? Where am I? Well, either way, we welcome all of our newcomers. Thank you, newcomers, for joining us. And uh, you guys can continue to subscribe on YouTube. Cinema and iPod, Cinema and iPod, ProTable.com. We're going to do Predestination today. Does it hold up or not? 2014 film starring Ethan Hawke. Fascinating choice. And I'm looking forward to discussing this movie in great detail. I really am. But first, of course, we got to say hello. Uh, Travis, welcome back. We missed you last week. How are you? Uh, it's good to be back. Um, you know, I'm not going to answer how I'm doing. I, I want to stay upbeat, and <laughs> this is a podcast. Uh, but suffice <laughs> to say, you know, poor uh, phrasing on my part. Hey, no, hey no, no, good to see you. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, like, I don't want to shame you for a simple, normal question. Uh, but not to bum everybody out. But you know, dogs are you know they're not pets. They're they're you know, it was the best. Rooney was my best friend and family member, so it's uh, it's been a really rough time, but it's good to be back, and I'm I'm glad to be back in the saddle with Cinema Nine and uh, you know resuming life, I guess. Yeah, not for nothing, but having uh, the three of us together doing the show is always best. I've actually felt a little bit frazzled because the last couple of weeks, you know, we had a guest, and then uh, there was another time where I had the COVID shot recently. So I'd like to get us a nice groove going here over the next month, where all three of us are here because. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been uncharacter- uncharacteristically rocky for us uh, in terms of the three of us getting together on a regular basis for the last maybe two months or so, which is not the norm for us at all. I agree. I absolutely agree. We're a very consistent show for the most part, Thursday evenings. Aaron Worley's watching us. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing the Robert De Niro thing. Uh, watching uh, me. I still... <laughs> I still want to go see Licorice Pizza at the theater. And I still, every I still, week, I still, Mike. Stop. Every week. Yes. <laughs> I can't get anyone yeah, to you go. Let us know when you've seen it, please. Yeah, we'll just assume that you want to see it until you've actually seen it, and then you can tell us that you've seen it. Okay. Yep. I very much, very much want to see it. Uh, Deary talked about it with me. He, uh, he sounded like maybe he was interested. I don't know. I might have a All partner. Right. We'll see. But I still have not seen that damn movie. Uh, so let's not. Yeah, let's talk about the email first here. We'll start with the email, and then we'll get into quarantine viewing picks it just so happens we got an email 
from the guy who's watching us, Mr. Aaron Worley, who is a... Uh, Chud Pud. Did it, Chud Pud, yes. He did a show with us. Former guest. And, Brother Heard the Wolf. Yeah, former... Matt Wilson says, glad you're back, hey, Travis. Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right. Good to see you, Matt. I haven't seen you in a minute. Matt, we miss your comments. You always bring something to the show, so we appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, Aaron did the Brotherhood of the Wolf episode, which was a doozy. I'm sure we all agree about that. Here's what he had to say. Would have liked to comment live on this, but I'm working. I watched Predestination. Oh, wait. If he's going to talk about what? Predestination, I might have to table this. Uh, oh, hang on. Let me proofread. Stand by. Yeah, we have to table this because this is for... Yeah, we don't okay. spoil the movie before Table we it. talk about it, right? Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll spoil it plenty later, but we'll save that for now. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll return that email <laughs> later. Yes, this is a good email, but uh, we'll save it for the, when we're talking about the show. The show, the movie that we're doing. Uh, you can always email us at cinemanipodprotonmail.com. Thank you very much. Okay, so there it is. Movies is what we do here, and uh, we're coming up on our 100th episode, too. We're going to get there. Wow. Uh, how's wow. the timing look? Has anyone looked at the calendar about who's going to be... Are we going to do a group selection for 100? What do you guys think? I mean, well, let's see. We're doing Predestination right now. It's a 2014 film that <laughs> is uh, the oldest or the most recent film that we've done other than when we made the exception for our anniversary episode, which was first reformed, also <laughs> starring right. Ethan Hawke. So yeah, maybe let, maybe let's find another Ethan Hawke movie. And then, <laughs> I don't know. Four Timers Club. That's the first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll workshop that, or maybe we'll just who's ever, you know, in a just a natural fashion that we love doing the show, but we just try to provide what we do without too much fanfare. Maybe we'll just stick with who's ever next up in the rotation. I don't know, but I think hundreds well, of milestone. We should also be excited about it. Yeah. And if you as a listener have an idea, you think there's a specific movie we should maybe do that. We've talked about a bunch. Freddie got fingered. Then, you know, you can just <laughs> drop us an email or, uh, you know, send us any sort of, uh, you know, message on a uh, direct message and give us a, your suggestion. Maybe we'll do it. Mm hmm. <laughs> It looks like the 100th episode will air on March 10th. Yeah, that will be right. mid-March. So that is the date. I don't know. You'll have to count out who would be on the rotation at that point, but it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, any ideas would be welcome. That's a good call, Trav. So if you guys, you guys have ideas, you're impressive people. So hook us up with the info. Give us your thoughts. All right, let's hear about it, guys. I want to know what Travis has been watching since you probably have a lot of movies to share with us. It's been a minute. <sighs> yeah, I got a couple weeks worth of movies. Uh, you know, kind of before my life when my life was normal, and then like after last Wednesday when everything went to shit. Um, I watched Hotel Transylvania 4 Transformania because I'm trying <laughs> to be, you know, watch all of the Sandler flicks. It turns out he didn't even voice the vampire in this fucking movie, I realized halfway through, and I'm not even sure that I watched <laughs> the third one. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna suggest that you run to your television to watch. Hotel Transylvania 4 Transformania. Um, it, it's it's a movie. Um, I, I, I did watch I mean, I kind of checked out on classic 80s horror that I was catching up on for a little bit. And so I checked in on that and caught 976 Evil from 1988, <laughs> directed by Robert England and starring, uh, I believe his name is Stephen Frears, right? And that is name, what's his name? No, not Frears. Who am I thinking? The, the dude that Stephen played Bride? He played Evil. He, no, no, yeah, I messed up. He, but he played evil in um, Fright Night. Evil. So uh, anyway, so he he was great in this. This is actually a pretty damn good movie. It, it starts off slow, 
Uh, the first 45 minutes are like, okay, what's happening? But the last half hour is uh, a mess of like, of like weirdness and good horror, like in, in practical effects and that kind of stuff. I, I definitely would recommend it. Did you guys watch uh, Tragedy of Macbeth yet? No, no. That's a fucking chore, man. Oh, <laughs> a man. A chore. I gotta say, I, I mean, I uh, now obviously I'm gonna the, the, the cinematography is amazing. I mean, I'm not gonna be mad if it gets nominated for anything because like everybody's great in it. Don't get me wrong. Like, like Frances McDormand is seriously one of the best actors working. I think it's like she just she cannot help but be unbelievable in everything that she does. And this is one of her better performances, which says a lot. So like it's worth seeing for that alone. And Denzel of course is great as Macbeth. Um, That all being said, you know, I just, it's Shakespeare, man. I can't pretend that I like Shakespeare. I like Shakespeare (laughs) stories. I don't like Shakespearean language. And I found it just to be, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a slog. So uh, if you like Shakespeare, you know, and this is my Macbeth is my favorite Shakespeare story. If I had to pick one, Um, so that says a lot. I really tried to like Shakespeare, but uh, you know, so eh. Um, (laughs) uh, I checked in on uh, you know I we kind of bashed. I got a lot here, guys. Bear with me a little bit. Bring it, Um, bring it. It's fine. We talked romantic comedies not so long ago, and uh, when we did while you were sleeping and I, and I said there was a dearth of recent films but I hadn't checked out one that had, has been pretty widely celebrated since 2019 when it came out on Netflix and that was always be my maybe you guys seen that one it was a delight man it was a fucking delight it was it was really really sweet Randall Park is a great leading man uh and uh what's her name Ali Wong is so easy to watch in so many different ways because she's gorgeous and funny and charming I really, really liked Always Be My Maybe. I, 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 I mean, like, it's a little hokey. I mean, it's romantic comedy, like we were talking about. But, like, for what, if you mm-hmm. want a good one in, you know, in a classic style, this, there, here you go. Always Be My Maybe. It was great. Okay. Um, Always oh, Be My Is that the Mariah Carey song? Is that what I'm it, thinking? It is a reference to the. Yes. You are correct, sir. Um, and I went with another Netflix film that I hadn't caught from 2018 because I've been really feeling the Jennifer Aniston and watching a lot of her stuff lately. And so I watched uh. Dumplin' from 2018. Uh, I thought this movie would have <laughs> nothing for me, you know. I'm like, I only I, only because she's in it that I watch it. You know, you, you, you guys know the movie. Yeah, you it's laugh. about like baking or something, or no? No, it's about like uh, Jennifer Aniston is a she's really big in Texas and like the 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 pageantry, like the um, teenager of the year whatever the fuck like you know best i'm groping for uh it's all about beauty pageants and she has a daughter who is you know non-conventional looking i don't know how to phrase it but she just looks like a normal person instead of like a beauty model and uh you know she's a little dumpling it's yeah she's she calls she calls her daughter dumpling i on paper i don't know that this movie would would, i'm like beauty pageants it's got a bunch of it's got a lot of drag queens in it uh harold perrineau plays a great drag queen uh, I'm like, but this movie really emotionally affected me and I really liked it. It was a different kind of role for Jennifer Aniston as antagonist. And I, I, I mean, it's a bit hokey, a bit hokey. Again, I'm using that word, but I mean, like it, it made me feel good. It was a good movie. Um, so I'm going to recommend and, Dumplin. You're going to recommend Dumplin. I'm and recommending Pageants Dumplin. is P-A-G-E-A-N-T. Pageant. Yeah. Okay. You know, who loves beauty pageants, especially for kids. 
is Aaron Worley. I mean, he just can't get enough of that stuff. Dead air. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you, Aaron, because Aaron hates Aaron. Like, gets freaked out about that stuff. He gets terrified. Well, he gets very uncomfortable sane. whenever he sees that stuff. Terrified of yes, exactly. Because he's a sane, he's empathetic, normal. good person, and he's understandably yeah, like the kiddie ones. Yeah, chilled yeah. by the by six year olds. Like, yeah, but this wasn't that. This was like teenagers. Yeah, so that's a little dumb, okay, well, yeah. So, uh, uh, pagan from Dragnet. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've never been a John Wayne fan. You know, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> terrible I'm not, racist, I, right? Exactly. And, but I watched The Shootist from 1976. Oh. Unreal. I mean, it was so good. And this cast, you know, you got you got Jimmy Stewart. Um, was it Lauren Hutton? I think that's in it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, the, uh, the tooth. And yeah. Tooth. Well, and tooth, Ron yep. Howard. <laughs> a, a young Ron Howard. Uh, I mean, this movie was. It was great. I mean, it was fucking great. Like, there's a reason why people still talk about the shooters, not as much as they used to, but I, it was awesome. You've seen it, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. It's been a what? Bruce Dern, right? Isn't it? Or am I thinking of the Cowboy? I'm thinking of the Cowboys. Yeah, no, no Dern in there. That, not that I saw. There was a few other young versions of people like that. You know, a couple of more. It was a pretty great cast. But I, Lauren I Bacall, that. by the way, Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. Yeah, thank you. The tooth. Lauren. I mix them oh, up too, though. I, that's funny you did that because I do that as well. They must. Who the hell is Lauren Hutton? Is that a person? She's. I could see her. She's yeah, that's her. Yeah. She's the, two- the gap yeah, tooth. She's the gap tooth. Yeah, same age though. Right? Gap tooth. Like, I'm in the right ball. Yeah, like same generation, same okay. kind of face and hair, and like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's got one of those face shaped faces like you or me. To, to <laughs> yeah. quote predestination. <laughs> I know. I was just gonna, that's good. That's very good. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Um, and, and then Wednesday morning, my life collapsed and I stared at a wall for like two days. And, yeah. uh, when I finally kind of came down, you know, what kind of brought me out of it, I, I'm going to, so first I, I started watching Peacemaker. Are, have, you, have you guys started watching Peacemaker? Are you interested in this? I have not, but there's a lot of buzz. I'm loving it. I am loving it. I watched, you know, that, like I watched all those episodes. That was the first thing when I kind of returned to reality. And I found, you know, I've, I've been talking up vacation friends. I think last episode I was on, I'm like, you yeah. know, I think that I might really like John Cena. Maybe Whoa. I found myself like really like, I don't know, dude, I was emotional wreck. And I found his yeah. presence on the screen extremely comforting and like kind. So uh, I just kind of like, I'm like, I'm just going to watch every John Cena movie pretty much that I can. That's not like him playing a wrestler or a soldier. Which I didn't really do with that great on that because I did end up watching Bumblebee where he plays a soldier and he's not like super fun and fruity and like sweet in that one. But like, I don't know why I said fruity. I mean, like I meant fruity fresh. Anyways, uh, <laughs> for the record. And Bumblebee, was train wreck? I'd seen that before. I'm actually kind of been saving that one for the pod. So I didn't watch it. Uh, I've been thinking wow, about bringing okay. that one on the pod oh, wow. for some time. It was, it was almost that instead of this is 40 when we did this is 40. Um, Aaron roll, uh, Aaron chiming in with pace, Peacemaker rules. I agree, dude. I mean, I love James Gunn. I've, I've sung his praises before, but Peacemaker is really, really good. <laughs> I um, saw one clip on TikTok. There was one scene mm-hmm. about his coterie of villains. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. He's being harassed by his neighbor. It was such a bizarre, out of context <laughs> scene to not see the show, but I laughed. It was, it's, so I bet it's, it's funny. funny. Yeah, it's very funny, but it's also like classic gun. There's like a heart to it. You know, it's weird and it's funny and there's a heart. Uh, it's okay. good. And and the best acting that you're going to see from Cena by a country mile at this point. I mean, like he's really it's like he's the, oh really he's really yeah he's really like uh, zoned in for this. He's like I think he knows the, what that Peacemaker is a game changer for him. 
I think we'll see a lot more. I like his outfit though. I don't no, like the outfit. I wish it was not, cool. You're not supposed to. He look. He's supposed to look dumb. Like okay, he's, right. he's kind of goofy. Um. So yeah. So I so I watched Bumblebee, and it turns out they did, after all, make one good Star Wars or uh, uh, Transformers movie. I I liked mm-hmm. Bumblebee quite a bit. I was surprised. Okay. Bumble, Bumblebee was good. Cena was barely in it, but Haley Steinfeld uh, was great, and it was a good story. It was good. I was really surprised. I was ready to be like, what the fuck ever. <laughs> um you know what really got me though oh <laughs> and, boy and like again like i'm coming from the the depths of uh true sorrow when i'm watching this i really enjoyed playing with fire with john leguizamo as well as john cena <laughs> ah, tra- come on travis <laughs> dude i i can understand the tragic circumstances here but he's getting out of control look i'm just saying <laughs> That if you want to, like, obviously, it's this, like, it kind of reminded me of Daddy Daycare, which I also didn't hate. And uh, it's oh, you know, for, boy. like, a family movie. Again, like, for, for the genre. I'm not comparing it to whatever, you know. I'm just saying that for what it was, I genuinely liked playing with fire. I thought it, I thought it was good. It was stupid, and it was childish, but it was, like, a, you know, a sweet little family movie that would be good with kids. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it hit the arrow or hit the, you know, hit the bullseye for me Went ahead and rewatched daddy's home too. Cause he's in it for like five minutes. So I really was just all about uh, John Cena. Cena. Fest. I, you know, the- I, I literally like basically, I, I know it's fucking weird, but like, I just couldn't bring yeah. it. Like, I didn't want to watch anything else. If, if, if it didn't have Cena involved, I was like literally staring what? at the wall or the ceiling. Oh, I get of it. all people to bring you out of the doldrums. Hey, John, no you idea. never know. I had no idea it was such a fan. Say la vie, man. (laughs) All right. Uh, Aaron's saying the first 10 minutes of Bumblebee, that's a Transformers movie I need for 90 minutes. Yes, because it does take place on their home planet. And it's a classic, like a Terminator thing. You're like, oh, you could have made that the whole movie and made the choice to go with the other thing. You know, like Terminator 2, where you're you're watching the battle in the beginning. I didn't know Cybertron's in it. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I got to see that. Travis, it looks like you're also going to have to watch uh, Scooby Doo and the WrestleMania Mystery I don't from have uh, 2014. To. <laughs> oh, Cinefest. Uh, yeah, I saw. I mean, I saw that that existed. I didn't chime in. Okay, all right, checking. <laughs> or checking, I guess I should say. And right about there is when I was like, okay, I kind of climbed out of my Cena pit and got back to. <laughs> I went to my dad's and um, spent some time with him, and uh, to just kind of get out of my house for a little while. And I said, "John, there- how you doing?" Yeah, John Roy. So I sat there with my father, and uh, we watched from 2001, The Last Brickmaker in America, which is the very last Sidney Poitier film that he ever did. Oh. And uh, it's definitely like a Hallmark movie, or like a like it's a fa- it's a very much a family movie. It was cheesy as hell, uh, <laughs> but you know, Sidney, the man could act. If it, it was worth watching, because it was his final performance, and it was a really good performance. You know, kind of a it was kind of a cheesy movie, but it was still like it was. An, it was a good one to sit with the father and watch. You know what I mean? It's got a seven point four on IMDb. I don't know. I ranked it. I think seven or eight. I, I gave it a pretty high ranking when I watched it. I mean, like again, like for the genre. You know, if you go in expecting kind of a Hallmark kind of movie, uh, there, there wasn't a ton of surprises in there. But it was it was a pretty well done movie, and of course, well acted. I mean, the man could fucking act. Put anyone else almost yeah. in the role, and would have been the movie would have been unwatchable. <laughs> wow. Also, co-stars yeah. Piper Laurie is another nondescript yeah, actress. <laughs> yeah, Piper Laurie pops in in two scenes. That clearly, she had done in the same location. She clearly come in for like a day's work. Uh, she's still alive. She's a uh, ninety. Yeah, she is, uh, I know she's still with yeah. us. 
God bless her. Um, revisit. I could smell the whiskey on his breath. I liked it. Uh, I revisit. Revisit a sorry. Carrie. Oh yeah. I revisited Eternals, made sure I really did like it as much as I thought I did, and I do. I, I, I know a lot, not every, and it's a controversial film. I think Eternals is great. And uh, I broke the glass, rewatched Ted Lasso season one and two, forgetting that season two starts with a fucking dead dog bit, like a whole dead dog thing. Oh, come rough. on, man. But other than that, Ted Lasso is perfect for when you're depressed. Uh, that's a great. Had you seen yeah. that season? Wait. Yeah. Was... I, I, okay. I, there's only yeah. two seasons. Oh, what I've an error that was. I totally Poor forgot bastard. that season two starts with that. But I mean, it, you know, like honestly, it's 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 a it's a it's a thumbtack in the middle of a big gooey marshmallow. You know, like the rest of it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leanne loved Ted Lasso. We watched both seasons when we spent the holiday together. She was. She ate it up, so yeah, it's people, it's, people love the show. It's great, and uh, you know, to be like in a, a bad place, it's a it's a nice, you know, sit, sit there and watch something that's a little ray of sunshine. You know, that's actually I would, I would think it would be useful. I really would. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I, I broke the glass, like emergency glass. I'm like, I gotta go in. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta fucking find something like. I gotta do this. I gotta save myself. So I've been binging. I've been binging that. Last but not least, I'll wrap this up finally. Uh, my big recommendation, I think, um, for the for, for since I've been gone, nobody from 2021, uh, starring starring the the great Bob Odenkirk. There's a there's a sequel in the works. Let's hope he's in the health that he can do it. As I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this like the action movies just live in the shadow of John Wick now. It's written by the same motherfucker who wrote John Wick. So I'm like, oh, okay, that explains a lot. Um, so there are some similarities, absolutely. But but dude, King Badass in this movie. Bob Odenkirk is King Badass. It's not what I expected. Not quite what I expected. I mean, some of it is there. And if and, and you know, people are talking about Christopher Lloyd again, and because he's been working again, and he was in uh, the the Tender Bar, dude. He's he's in this and. He is awesome in this. Like, really, wow. yeah, really, really. Like, if you've been if you've been hankering for Christopher Lloyd yeah. role and to see him kind of have some fun, this is a good one. Yeah, he was oh. my number one on our where where is he now uh, segment. Remember, we were like yeah. missing in action. Like, he was my number one. He's just the, just the best character actor, but he was well, gone he, for so long. He's back. That's that's two movies in twenty twenty one, and uh, yeah, nobody was. I mean, it was a lot of fun. He's 81 years old. Yeah, he looks it. Oh, wait a minute. My math is bad. He's 83. 83. There we go. Sorry. Sorry. He doesn't look a day past 81. Hey, all right. <laughs> uh, Eric, we got to get over to your selections. <laughs> Before we get to your selections, though, I have to rectify the email error I made prior to the segment. Oh. Aaron did send another email about not. Uh, predestination. predestination stuff. Oh. This one, this is uh, at around the 14 minute mark of your last episode featuring Chris Deary, which you can all watch on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Eric mentions the thriller movie The Rental, and you tried to recall where you'd heard it recently. You well, heard me mention this movie during the Brotherhood of the Wolf episode, and I also in the previous episode before that had talked about it when I watched it. Yeah, I knew there was a genesis to this, so uh, now it's being cleared up. Funny enough, the conversation were similar with Travis making nearly the same summer rental joke as Deary. <laughs> yes, this, this is in our backlogs. It's an easy joke. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, I, this, I go, I go for low-hanging fruit. 
Oh, that's great because Aaron loved these. This made me laugh, and so I went back and watched the Brotherhood episode. It's hilarious. You should revisit that one if for nothing more than the society bit. <laughs> okay, society, well, so, yeah. society, society bit. That's always it that makes me laugh. Also, uh, Matt got a His top five. Uh, <laughs> I love laughing at my own bits. I right, know. exactly. Uh, in tribute, Madison got his top five movie list in, so fuck it. I'll try mine too, real quick. Five to one from 2021 is Antlers, The Green Knight, The Harder They Fall, No Sudden Move, and finally Old Henry. Old Henry, fucking awesome. That. Yeah, I need to see Old Henry. That yeah, is Aaron Morley's top five right. of 2021. Thank you, Aaron. And you Green. can all email the show like he did cinnamon iPod at protonmail.com. Yeah, yeah, and Green Knight's getting a lot of good talk, too. And also, shout out to Deary. I really do wish that I had uh, been up for that. I would like to bring Chris back on and uh, as soon as we can so we can do it do it properly, the Cinema, Cinema Palazzo 9 bo- podcast. Matt Wilson's chiming in. Okay, totally off topic, and I don't get... And I don't get to watch a lot of movies, but Monster Squad came on and it really brought me back to the 80s. Curious what the 90s cast, uh, what the nine cast thinks. I'm, I wish I was wearing my Monster Squad t-shirt. I got my Stephen King <laughs> Rules t-shirt somewhere in this house right now. I love Monster Squad. It's classic, classic. It's been movie. a while. Yeah. It's been but, uh, not 30, opposed. 30 years at least. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been like three months for me. Wow. <laughs> Three months, wow. Yeah, well, you know, the good news, dear, it was when Deary's on the show and you weren't able to be here. This is one of the benefits of having three people, three hosts. So yeah. just in case someone's not here, we still have plenty of people to discuss and fill True. the void. But we did miss you, but fill my it's void. also a bonus. Sometimes, sometimes we fill his void. Sometimes <laughs> we complain, like, oh, maybe we have too many voices on the show. But sometimes it works out well when we lose one. So I love our show no matter what. But I'm trying to look at the bright side of things. Always look on the right side. Over a right. dog. Eric Branstrom. Oh, over wow. a dog. Oh, sorry, sorry, oh, shit. That it's really good was. As what the fuck? It's good as it gets. <laughs> it's as good as it gets. There? That's like a you get a pass for that one. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, All right, go ahead, Eric. I can say whatever I want. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've been watching a lot of cold case files and paranormal caught on tape. Uh, it's been a weird <laughs> week. <laughs> Right. But uh, you know, I, I watched I watched <laughs> I, I watched some stuff though. So I finally pulled the trigger on Showtime's limited series American Rust, the Jeff Daniels, Maura Tierney yeah! uh, series. Did you watch it, Mike? Yeah, you talked to. Oh yeah, I, I loved it. Oh, I I completely blanked out on that. Yeah, I I was I I don't know. I it was all right for me. Like I watched all eight episodes. Then I fell asleep during the final episode, <laughs> and I didn't bother to like watch it. So, oh. what does that tell you? Like, I will tell it, you that, that episode okay does for leave me. you hanging. It was just okay. okay for me. Like, I love the cast, but I was like, the mystery is like solved in like episode two, and the rest is like, all right, now they're just wandering around. What the? So f- I don't know about feeling. All right, fine, man. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. All right, Eric, Travis hasn't seen it, so we can't really discuss it in further. Than, the elements are there. Like, we've yeah. got we've got like we've got like a sheriff addicted to like opioids. Yeah, great. The elements are there, but they don't get into it that much. It's just like they're just laying I don't know there. If it's opioids or antidepressants, he's on some. He's on a lot of medicine. I'm not sure what it is exactly. Opioids are involved in the realm, but all right, we'll leave it there. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, that's yeah. enough. Too many spoilers. Too many spoilers. Uh, somewhere in time, remember uh, 1980, yeah. Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Uh, Screenplay and story from the this legendary the Master movie. Richard Madison. Yeah, right. this was like 
totally coincidental, like another time paradox film here. I'm watching this, and uh, it's been a long time. This is a, this is a fucking awesome movie, man. We got a warm, yeah. earnest performance from the late great Christopher Reeve, and uh, absolutely exquisite 29 year old Jane Seymour. Uh, shot on Mackinac Island. It's yeah. a lot of fun, dude. Ooh. Peculiar take on the time travel subgenre. I dig it. It was awesome. This was the trade-off movie for, hey, I get to do Superman 2. You let me do whatever I want. This was the deal with that, I believe. You know, it's yeah, they're like, whatever. whatever. But after yeah. that, you're going to get back in the suit, you son of a bitch. You make yeah, your you Mackinac all the way time through. travel movie. <laughs> you're you're going to be here through part four. Yeah. The quest for peace. You go to yeah, they go. Chris, you want to go to Mackinac Island? You'll go to Mackinac Island. Then you're going straight to Krypton, you motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, a fun movie and an interesting take. You don't see a lot of movies like that. Uh, and then I did it. And I'm so glad I did because I was fucking blown away. Tick, tick, boom. It was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. There yeah. you go. It's fucking, it's, it's one of the best films of the year, I think. I sat there and I'm like, Christ, is the music by Jonathan Larson or Lynn Manuel? Because like they sound extremely similar. And then I guess it's all it's all from Larson himself. And yeah. Lynn's probably just a huge admirer, so he kind of adopted the approach. But I loved every number. I was blown the fuck away by a first-time director, Lynn Lynn Manuel Miranda's. Yeah. His direction was exquisite. Like, yeah. this is like a like a like a lifetime of filmmaking from a first timer. Like all of the tricks, the structure was perfect, the flow. I was never bored. I mean, obviously, blown away by Andrew Garfield, who I've yes. always been kind of like, yeah, there he is, like it's Andrew Garfield, whatever. But I was fucking blown away. Yeah, barring Nick Cage not getting the recognition he deserves for Pig. Um, you know, that's my expectation is that, is that the Academy is going to fucking sit, sit on their ass on that one. But uh, and, oh. so not counting Nick Cage, Andrew Garfield is my is my hope for best actor. Oh, he, I, I, they should hand him the Oscar right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, did you see him in Hacksaw Ridge? He was incredible in that movie. So he's a very good actor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we all should know that and accept that. Forget the Spider-Man <laughs> crap. I mean, hey, I like both the Spider-Man or all three, I guess. Now, well, he no, it, it wasn't his fault. That's a whole other bit. He was good as Spider Man. He was a yeah. good Peter Parker. It was yeah, just there was no need to have that rebooted so quickly, and it's, so it's out of his hands. Well, they had to hold on to the rights of the property, so you know, hold on yeah, to your rights. <laughs> tick tick boom! I love but, it. Yeah, man. Friend of the uh, show, Derek Myers, who we have had as a guest host on the show yeah, recently, yeah, when yeah. he did mm -hmm. uh, Galaxy Quest, right? And he's That's from right. the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Check out the Pop Goes the World podcast. They're good people over there, Chris and Derek. Derek, yeah. I listened to them on one of the recent episodes, and Derek ripped. He's like, "What the hell is this tick tick boom?" I watched it; it was terrible. Ah. I just like, I was very disappointed to hear that. But uh, well, you know, they can't can't win them all. <laughs> it, had, it had everything hey, I need. Had to close movie. out sometime, like, Kev. <laughs> yeah, no good shit. Run, Kev. Loved it, man. Close so, yeah, that's about it for me, Mike. What do you got? I got nothing. Uh, I've been obsessed with these stupid ass Mayday Mayday YouTube sh show. It's a Canadian series, Mayday Air Disasters, and I've just watched like every <laughs> single one of these. I've, I've probably watched. F oh yeah, they're all on YouTube. It's a really well done Canadian series, which you know, retells or dramatizes an actual air crisis. A lot of them end up good, as happy. A lot of them don't end up happy because people die. And but sometimes oh, good things come out of it. Oh yeah, I've watched. 
I have watched like 30 of them over the last couple right. of weeks here. There's a there's so many of them on there, and I just gobble them up. I'm so fascinated by it. You, some dumb shit released to happen. We are living in hands down the best time ever for aviation. It has never been safer to fly. We are living in the golden age of safety when it comes to airplanes, and I'm grateful for that. But, you know, I watched the one about the Flight 255, the Delta Northwest crash that happened here, DTW, in 1987. One girl yeah. survived that. One Amazing. young girl. Everybody else died. She was four years old, and uh, she's alive today. So that's pretty cool. Wow. I mean, it sucks everyone else I, died. Uh, you're not like soul drained from this because, like, I went down a rabbit hole. Like, I think last summer, where I was listening to like black box recordings from like down planes, and oh like I was shook up for like three straight days. I could not Holy shake off shit. this residue. I was so yeah. fucking freaked out. Yeah, so I'm like, you're Dude, like jazzed about it. this show? I would be fucking terrified. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm never going back. I'm not jazzed. Oh, yeah, oh, my God. I'm not like, you know, it's. I find <laughs> it very fascinating. And I, like you, have uh, also listened to that shit. I used to listen to these 911 calls from the people that were in the towers before they crashed. They really? were terrifying. Oh, I just, like, I'm, more, I'm fascinated by it. Like, okay, getting morbid. So, yeah, like, like you like, it, uh, I'm trying to understand like what you mean by, like, so like was it coming from a place where like you just wanted to understand like their where they what what it was that they went through and you know it wasn't like it's yes it's the closest like you can popcorn. really get to you you don't want to be there you don't want to be in the 110th floor of the towers no. uh but when you listen to it and it's just it's so intense it's so yeah. it's so like it's hard to describe it, I'm fascinated by it because in our culture Death is like removed a lot. It's like we're we're avoided or we're pushed away from it. Like the war happens, we have soldiers who die all the time. And it's like we never even know what happens anymore. You know what I mean? So I guess that's what I just really fascinated by that shit because it's so strange. Because one day we're all gonna go and no, oh, I'd love I to move on to this topic of conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I, once I, again. Hey, you guys asked me. I'm answering the questions. So I I think beyond all that though, it's a really well done series. Really, there was a guy who was an actor in American Psycho who played one of the pilots. I was like, oh my god. It's that fucking guy, and it's the the lawyer. The guy, remember the lawyer? He like confesses everything to the next day sure. at the restaurant or the bar. It was okay. you don't know American Psycho. <laughs> Travis's return to normalcy is taken to. You've never seen guys. American Psycho? Are you well, kidding me? Come sure, on, man. You, you haven't memorized the supporting cast of American Psycho. <laughs> Who has? I mean, I would assume Josh everyone Lucas? on this show has seen that movie at least twenty sure. times. I've it seems it like times, all of you guys watch I, it. I can't. Yeah. I'm blanking on who you're talking about. I can't. I can't just recall. There, oh, was he the white guy in the suit in that movie? Yeah, <laughs> slick back hair. Yeah, slick back hair. Talked really fast. Yeah, Actually, he didn't have slick back hair. He uh, did talk oh. quickly though, and he was white with a suit on, and he had a drink. Okay, that's true. Oh, okay, yeah, but there was no coke. No coke. I'll be damned. All right. Oh, well, that's what people now. I know what scene. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. I, I doubt. Uh, that's what we've been watching, folks. Uh, I'm hoping I get back to watching some oh, movies. Yeah. The only movie I did watch is the movie that we're about to talk to now. Our main event. <laughs> Under duress. Hold- <laughs> you watched it. I, oh, I had to get it in. I, I wanted to get it in because it was yeah. a new movie to me, too. And I want to watch more new movies. I've just been super focusing on other stuff. And I hate to sacrifice movies, but sometimes I guess I got to stop watching YouTube when I go to bed at night. I got to start watching more movies. At any rate. It's time for Predestination. 2014 yes. selection from Travis Roy, who selected this film. And it stars Ethan Hawke, and it has brothers directing it. It's a, one of those movies where it says directed by the Bozo Brothers. Uh, they're not the Bozo Brothers. Uh, Spirit Brothers. Travis, thank you. Thank you. And now you're free, and you found me, and, and we can be together. I'll never become you. Don't say that. 
Who said it? We're just puppets. We are Robertson. He set the whole thing up. He played us for fools. He's laying out the dominoes. You know, we're just watching it fall. I will never become you, and I will not let you kill those people. Shh, shh, wait, wait, wait. Were you gonna live a regular life, huh? With that bitch, Alice, from the antique store? She's a stupid cat. She, she has a disgusting birthmark on her left hip. She's a lousy fucking cook. Okay, trust me. She can't handle our secrets. She can't trust me. She's not right for us. Okay, you have no idea what is right for me. Okay, okay, okay. All we have is each other. It is all we've ever had. Now, if you shoot me, you'll become me. You get it? That's... That's how it happens. If you want to break the chain, you have to not kill me, but try to love me again. What if I put him in front of you? The man who ruined your life. Forget all that. We can have a future together. Would you kill him? So you selected this movie, and you know, a lot of people were like, what is this movie? What's going on? This is wild. So take us under the hood here. Take us back in time. Look, I'm, I'm going to 100% come out and admit this was a from left field choice, I guess. I, I kind of surprised myself with this. Uh, you know, I, I I was not, my brain my brain had, you know, blown up and splattered all on the inside of my skull. So I just you know, <laughs> scraped it up long enough to be like, uh predestination 2014 but i i kind of figured we've kind of been a little bit in a, in a rut you know watching well, not in a rut but we watched a lot of movies from the 90s and early 2000s and i'm not done watching movies from the 90s and early 2000s but i just thought you know we got this, this whole five-year rule that we don't take full advantage of i think a lot of the time the early the most recent film we've done otherwise had all been from 2012 um so i was like you know so i kind of went back through 20 so i guess went to 2017 and then 16 and then 15 trying to find a movie that kind of stuck out to me as something that i had seen and wanted to watch again that i thought was pretty good that i'd only seen once but when i did watch it i thought you know this is this is good let's give it another shot and i ended up falling on predestination which admittedly is a bit obscure not it's not uh you know it's not the girl next door it's not swingers it's not something that people have seen and made a classic of in the you know but it is something that if you've seen it you remember it you know it you've thought about it since you watched it probably i don't i don't think it's the kind of movie that like um you're gonna see and forget about so yeah yeah okay well the girl next door by the way climbing the charts at over five thousand views i don't know why everyone loves that one but hey <laughs> keep it coming that's pretty crazy that's our overwhelmingly most viewed show yeah. on our youtube yeah. channel which thank you, can you youtube algorithm tell. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's something about that movie. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, Eric. So you've seen this movie before. Take us back in time to your first viewing. I got out of the red box as I stumbled home from the bar at like 2 in the morning on, in 2015. Um, I'm like, ah, oh, like Ethan Hawke, whatever. Yeah. Took it home. I watched it like I watched it like half drunk, and I <laughs> turned it off, and I'm like, what the fuck? Ethan Hawke looks nothing like her. And haven't thought about it since. I was like, I've been under the impression this is like the dumbest movie I've ever seen <laughs> until I until I recently saw it. So when I first saw it, I was like, okay, if you're not paying attention to this movie completely and entirely every second of the time, and you get lost even for a split second, it, it's over. You're fucked. So if you're like me, and it's 
two thirty in the morning and you're drunk and you're watching it half carrying, yeah. you're gonna be like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire fucking yeah, life. It, so it yeah, that, a, that was the last time. It is not a movie for that kind of situation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the rating then? I don't know. I have any clue what the rating is. I have no, no background on this film either, so I don't have a story to share. I, I assume check. people like this though. The people that did rate it, I think it's gonna be a, probably like a seven three. I was gonna say seven four. I'll say I'll go drop it down. I'll go six eight. All right. Uh, Seven see. five. Wow. wow! Out of how Travis many? Uh, out of how many uh, votes? Holy a shit. really hardy two hundred seventy-two thousand. Oh, so it's shit. not hardy. a minuscule amount. Yeah, it's actually oh. in the top one thousand of popularity right now. It's rising. It has a green arrow going up, meaning it, in terms of the most movies viewed on their website of IMDb, this is in the top thousand. So that's another oh, reason what? I thought it'd be a good one to do. You know, I watched it in two thousand fifteen and thought that's a damn good movie. Uh, and and then probably sometime over the last year, year and a half or so, I've noticed that it keeps popping up in people's like best of lists. And, you know, like I think it's kind of becoming a cult classic, you know, it's early in its cult classic phase and it's, it's finding its audience slowly and surely. But uh, the people that, you know, it's the kind of movie you're going to talk about. Like, hey, have you, you heard of this movie? Predestination. Have you seen this movie? This, this high mm. flick. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's got a bigger audience than you might expect. We'll find out when we post this and see what the numbers are, I guess. There's a, there's a lot of Americans making this face like, oh, <laughs> if they saw American. this movie. Yeah, there's always Americans making that face. You do that a lot. There are always Americans making that face. You're right. I will say this. It is going to hold up in terms of uh, being palatable and interesting to the future generation. I, I can clearly see it to me. Like Even if they never see it and once they find out about it, it's just going to attract more people. I believe that. But uh, we'll talk more about that later. 84% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes with a 75 from the audience. Wow. A little lower from the audience, but that's still three out of four. That's good. It's, so. the, yeah, 75 is still pretty pretty generous. I mean, it's still... Uh, oh, yeah. It's quite quite generous. Uh, Goody Coot said it was a three <laughs> ride. It was a get- No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I just want to... I, yeah, I shouldn't like- do that. On, My dude. bad. I haven't seen him in forever. I'm, where are you, Goody Coons? We're still looking for you. We're out about Goody Coons. <laughs> We're making up quotes on your behalf because we miss you so much. <laughs> too late for Destin Thompson. So we're not going to get any Destin Thompson review. Uh, Peter Travers. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll find Pete. Uh, Kim Newman of the Empire Magazine. You may have heard of it. A funny, affecting, twisted tale which demands you pay close attention to every throwaway detail yes there you go yeah you do like you do have to if you if you do pay attention to get into uh, a little early on some of the spoilers so if you haven't seen this movie stop watching you're listening uh good idea yeah watching it the second time i'm like oh shit they tell me everything they tell us everything the whole movie like 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 i didn't realize it but the, the dialogue they tell us everything that's coming everything that's happening it's it's spoken very clearly and plainly and i just did not pick up on any of it with my first viewing, just about. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll never uh, have a first watch of this again. Yeah, it's one of those. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What's that first but voiceover? Repeat. You can guarantee that you'll get away with uh, killing the person that did yeah. this to you. Well, why? Because <laughs> it's you. You, do? you can't get in trouble for suicide. You can't get. You can't go to prison for murder for killing yourself. So yeah, you'll you'll get away with it. That is thoughtful. Yeah, there you go. Uh, first hey, mind blow. Travis but- Peter. Peter Travers said, you won't be able to take your eyes off Sarah Snook, an Aussie actress who makes whatever sex she's playing almost irrelevant. 
You watch her, you hear her, you believe. I would That's the thing. Because when I watched it drunk, I was like, oh, fucking Ethan Hawke and Leo DiCaprio <laughs> and Dane DeHaan. Wait, who the fuck is that? <laughs> That's I, good. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with her. And uh, I'm not going to forget her after this. You know, she's on Billion. Uh, not, yeah, is it Billion? No, she's on Succession now. Yeah, uh, that's how I know her. Okay, yeah. thank you. I re- I was I never looked it up while I watched the movie. I'm like, I know this face, but I can't place it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, Goody Coons. Woo! Bring it. Bring All right. it. <laughs> All right, Bill Goody Coons of the Arizona Republic said in January of 2015, "It's certainly imaginative with high-minded ideas, but Hawk and Snook are what keep it grounded in truth." Okay, I guess. I mean, not they, your best goody coons. You could have done yeah, that. Yeah, no. I think we like the name more than the reviews. That's true. I've <laughs> yeah. been blown away. Very declarative. I'm like, come on, goody coons. Live up your name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, uh, clearly, I guess he's saying their performances keep it more grounded and realistic. Is that what he's saying? I guess so. Yeah, that's what I got from it. <sighs> sure. You, you believe it, I guess, uh, to a certain yeah. extent, because, I mean, you don't have John Cena. I mean, uh, you don't have lesser mm-hmm. actors. Uh, in- <laughs> you leave my Cena out of this. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I raise you a hawk. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Well, Ooh. Uh, close it out with a... <laughs> He's pretty good, yeah. I'll close it out with Justin Chang for Variety. A breakout performance by Sarah Snook distinguishes Sarah Snook. this entrancingly strange science fiction drama. Seems like Snook stole the day. Yeah, I mean it's quite a role, but you know it's not. It's, it's not it is a role. Yeah, it's not just her playing this role. I checked. There Noah Taylor. No, well, no, I wasn't going to go to him. I, I checked. There is no less than seven people playing this one character. Seven okay. people throughout the course of the film play this character because there are two sets of twins that play the, the babies at two different stages, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, the little girl playing her like at ten. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's already five, and then you got Snook and Hawk. <laughs> that's true. That's and you, they, and you've got well, yeah, you've got many interpretations of them. Both Gene, John, the barkeep, the fizzle bomber, right, like, I, right, and all the stand-ins and everybody else. So incredible. So what? How are we gonna? What are we gonna call these characters? How are we gonna like? How are we even gonna do this show? Do we call Jane, Jane, John, like bartender, fizzle, like? Uh, Snook Here. and Hawk. I, I, it probably be There's easier. the whole pronoun thing. Like, how are we going to do this? <laughs> as best we can. Look, uh, piece it together. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll do. Right. We'll hang in there. Uh, Luke Orbeck's here. He says the show is amazing. It's fantastic. He's waiting for dinner at Hunter House, which is a uh, garbage, greasy burger joint in Birmingham, Michigan. Oh, if you ever okay. go there, it's basically like you know, uh, up class White Castle, high class White Castle, I guess. But oh, I want to okay. go back to I'm that. Funny. This e- so they put a White Castle. That might be plate? disrespectful. that's not cool i want to go back to aaron's original email though because it sets the tone for the rest of our discussion on the movie so this was about predestination he said would have liked to have comment live but i'm working well looks like you are here live now i don't know when you wrote this i watched predestination cool ass movie which came first the chicken or the egg brilliantly simple for the (laughs) room good one brilliantly simple foreshadowing loved this movie Gonna watch it again this weekend. How did I miss this? Great job, Travis. Of course, <laughs> with any time traveling take, you gotta flow 
through the nature of the universe. You got to throw the nature of the universe out the window. And that's okay. Loved yeah. it. Go fuck yourself, they said. Bet, she replied. <laughs> Just, what? Uh, oh, okay. Very yeah, strong. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Uh, I'll finish this quickly. I'd love to see or read a time travel tale that deals with the fact that the universe has finite matter and energy. Like if a person goes back during the same time, a former self exists, that matter, body and energy to travel in time is doubled. So the universe would have to pull that matter and energy from somewhere else to allow for reality and keep a balance of finite material. Does this make sense? Total mind blow from Aaron. Oh, okay. That made sense. Have you seen Primer? Uh, that might be up your alley, Aaron, if you haven't seen it. He's okay. He's he's saying that um, you you can't add matter to the universe. It's got to come from somewhere. So it's like from what I've heard, you got to have uh, something called exotic matter, which is like non-existent matter that has negative mass in order to make that time travel that's the only possible thing that could go through time curvatures is 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 dark something matter? that has negative mass it's not dark matter it's literally they call it exotic matter but it it has no it has not just no mass but negative mass so it can uh, uh, account for the the you know whatever the fuck is going on so yeah i mean it's all bullshit anyway <laughs> well put yeah it's beautiful wow what a great segue so this is one person then because i am confused i really didn't i was really into this movie completely focused dedicated watched okay. it cool. completely and the only part i skipped was when no they were having skipped. their connective time together when when the man version of snook and the female version are ha having part. dinner there. What? Yeah, like we're, like not when they first met, but after I knew they met and before they right. met at the bench, they're like at the table talking about stuff. Yeah. I'm like, who cares? Who cares? So, so that was the only it. part I skipped. Oh, I, yeah, it was like a minute. But like my point is, is that I got really confused to knowing who was who at the end. I mean, Ethan well, Hawke no, confronts himself. Actually, this girl makes out with herself. It was all explained in the diner, the, the dining scene, the one you skipped. Uh, we all made that was right the key there. scene. That was the integral <laughs> scene. I know yeah, it. They spelled yeah. it out. Literally, there was text on the screen. Yep, you you fast forward it when text came on the screen. Said, "Listen, this is her, and in the future, he's going to turn into Ethan Hawke." You fucked up, Mike. God. You're like, I, I cannot. Oh, idiot. Maybe maybe just pause and go do something if you're if you're feeling fidgety, then come back. <laughs> I was the backwards just... Mike Gobi on this because while you fast forward the movie all the time, I kept rewinding this to so I wouldn't miss anything. <laughs> Ooh, that's smart. That's I got pissed during that part of the movie. So he takes this lately they have this long exchange at the bar. This long story is told. The greatest story you'll ever hear. It's is it worth a bottle of booze? You find scene. out. Yeah. Yeah, no. and it's it's a lot of narration, too. And once it's all done and he finally, Hawk coaxes Snook into coming downstairs and going on this next adventure with him. And then once they do that, he leaves her to it, goes off to find the Fizzy Bomber, by the way, which is a terrible name, Fizzle. which they make fun of. Which I Fizzle, but yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But so when he goes to attack him, he's right behind him with a gun. And I got really pissed off by the fact that he couldn't take out he had the bomber dead to rights right there, but he couldn't shoot him. 
You missed him? I'm, I'm and then sure this dumb part. fight ensues? You mean like in the boiler you know room area? Yeah, right, yeah. Right. After he's left her in the past and he goes to confront, this is my chance now. This is about yeah. 45, 50 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Well, the, the, and he, I'm like, the, it bothered me. Drop on him. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it wasn't. But he, he didn't. He had the drop on him. He was he was behind him with a gun ready to go. And then the other guy has a gun pointed to his head. And then somehow he kicks it away. And that was to me was the it bothered me. It's the only lame part of the movie. I'm like, oh, that's cheesy. He is able to survive. And they tried to heighten the drama. That was the only part that really bothered me. And well, maybe that led to me skipping that one diner scene because he was right next to that. Okay, whatever justifies it. I, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, while well, you brought it up real quickly, the, the bottle of doers, I really love when Ethan Hawke comes back in time literally just to grab the bottle he literally he comes in like 74 whatever it is just to grab the bottle of doors and quit i quit i love it it's hilarious the whole time i'm my own grandpa is playing on the jukebox which you know chef's kiss i'm just not sure that the bartender won the bet he he sat there and listened to like a three hour long story about a sex change reassignment and then immediately it was like Great, great story. It's the best I've ever heard. I got a time machine in my basement. Want to check it out? Clearly, like when he heard about a time machine existing, that was the best story he's ever heard. But I, well, I he already know. knew the story. He'd already lived the story. What do you mean? The whole time he sat there. <laughs> I guess. The whole time he sat there and listened to the story, he was. That's the cool to, thing. Yeah, he was yeah, listening he, to he, an earlier version of himself that he had already experienced. You know, yeah, did you get that? It's a paradox. The whole movie is just right. a paradox. The whole movie is a, a, a predestination <laughs> paradox, as, as Noah Taylor says. Uh, but so either way, winner, like he wins the bottle either way because he's both the winner and the loser. That's why it's brilliant. Here's a great They're question. Aaron wants to know, does that whiskey age going back in time? <laughs> I don't think so. If nothing else is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, fucks up your brain. What is the good for whiskey? Skunk whiskey? Oh, uh, that's true. I yeah, like see, that this, okay, that's... I'm glad you brought that up, Eric, because yeah. this is talked about several times from Noah Taylor's yes. character, Robertson. Great Noah Taylor in this, by the way. He's always Expedi- understated, but Mr. he's always Exposition. excellent. He's always there to explain yes. a complicated plot. Yeah. yeah, Vanilla Sky, Citizen Dildo, whatever it is. Yeah, yep. he's here to do that. It's so. feeling like a familiar <laughs> kind of role for him at this point. Oh, yeah. like, I show up in this Noah Taylor in here. Happening. This is what <laughs> I do in movies. Wait, how is the audience <laughs> going to know what the fuck's going on? Fuck, get Noah Taylor on the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a perfect shout out because Luke was here in the chat for the Citizen Dildo tribute. Citizen Dildo, Luke. Citizen Dildo. Um, but the original <sighs> point being, that, uh, oh shit, I, I, that made me laugh and I lost uh, what I was going to say that, here. Uh, we, uh, really, psychosis. Is that psychosis? Yes, thank yep, you. Yep, yep. So they kind of like, I wanted a little bit more about that because they kept hinting at the risks of illegal jumps, and too much jumping, and I didn't feel like yeah. I got the actual well, unless they're showing it to you instead of telling you. I think I think that they are because the thing is with this paradox, at least this is how I take it, is that this is you know this is a perpetual loop, right? That he's on, but the thing is, is that like each time he does the loop, he has less memory and less understanding of what it is that he's doing so he actually gets to the Uh, point he's at this point in the loop where he now makes the choice to record uh uh instructions for himself mm -hmm. because he's going to forget the future so he's trying to like that's why i say it's problematic when he's talking about it yeah that makes sense okay yeah so we're actually like catching him like halfway or whatever i mean it's interminable but like you know mid loop we're catching him like mid loop and i think he degrades a little bit each loop 
Yep. Yeah, we're not geniuses like they are because you got to be the brightest and best to do this job. So maybe we just won't understand. You got to be the bright, brightest your- best to, to fuck the astronauts. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 R&R. Come on, dude. Come on. Space Corp is fishy. <laughs> yeah. They're, dude, they're pretty. And I love how they're like uh, just casually saying, well, out of all these hookers and that girl, she's the smartest. You guys want to go with her? <laughs> Wow. Well, what I want to know is, are the other girls that they're not actually vetting for the the time travel agency? Are they uh, are they actually Ace sending seven. those women to space to fuck real astronauts? Then is that what's happening with well, this business? Because I'm disturbed. I thought they may have all been what is it? What are we going to say here? Intersexual, and they were just trying to get lucky with intersexual people. No, well, no, no. She was the. She was the unicorn. She was unique. Yeah. Or he, yeah. or I don't even. Well, they. Sarah Snook's character. That, they. that would make sense. Come on, Mike. I, I, Sarah Snook's <laughs> character is the person. Because Jane. So, Jane. 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 Slash John. Yes, slash Jane. the bartender. Slash the, uh, the barkeep, too. It said barkeep oh, on my subtitles, man, which barkeep. is funny. Barkeep says. <laughs> but this is one character, too. See, this goes back to what I'm, I'm asking. Like, I just didn't get it that. This is all the same yes. human being. Yes. Literally. They're, they're, they're everyone. Yeah. Like every character in the movie is the same person. Yeah, it's like the three. Taylor. Right. It's, it's being literally like those the two three. agents. The three. The doctor. <laughs> Cop and killer are the same. See, every movie for this example, it's the three. They're all the same. It's like so difficult. Yes. So, well, I really, I got really confused when he stood up, Hawk stood up. And he had the same scars yeah. as John okay. Jane. And I was you like, wait, me- and it show it like in a flash. Okay, can I lay it all out real quick then? From like, yes, like, please. From to. Shoot the nuts. All right. Yep. So this child is born. Okay. Mm-hmm. This child is kidnapped. Um, and that and the kidnapper leaves the child in an orphanage. Uh, mm-hmm. the child is raised, and once that child comes into adulthood as a young woman, she enters this uh, program. Uh, and happens that all then also meet this guy who knocks her up and disappears. Yep. Her, her, she gives birth. The child uh, is kidnapped. She goes on and learns that um, why wh- that's that's some dude. This, this is really tragic. Some complication from birth. The doctors made these choices against her will, which totally tracks in the 1940s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, they doctors would make choices for people like this all the time, and. Uh, into the later than that even and so they turn her into a man erase her identity and she's Mm -hmm. enraged and she's all fucked up and her identity's you know messed up and so she fixates on the guy that ruined her life quote unquote then meets this guy that introduces her to time travel brings her into this job where she moves around chasing this time terrorist and as Mm -hmm. she ages at one point eventually she's close to uh defeating this terrorist and that the terrorist gets a drop on her and and and, she, and and stopping a bomb she accidentally blows her own face off but at this point yep. she, she's a he sorry uh at this point she's john so uh, there's reconstructive surgery and he looks completely different afterwards he and and so and then he ages past that too so there's a new face and he gets significantly older oh and, and that version is the barkeep ethan hawk ethan hawk 
and then, yeah. and then that and then, person also even gets even older and disenchanted and weird and because and, and tells himself <laughs> that by killing people he's saving people and becomes the fizzle yeah, bomber. Right. So it's all like this so, big fucking yeah. hyperloop. Bizarre. You skipped a step. Ah. The, you skip. You skipped my favorite step, which is <laughs> which is when after the accident and the recovery. Noah Taylor sends him on his last mission, which is literally to ensure his own existence by yeah. going back to 1970, making sure that he convinces John to go kill who is actually John so that he can exist and be born. Then he goes into retirement after that job has been completed, lives his life, finds out that his time travel device has not been decommissioned, but can still work. Right. So he continues to do jumps thinking he's helping people. And yet he's doing more and more damage because he of his psychosis. He thinks by blowing up a building, he's going to prevent someone from being able to go into that building and kill people. That's how right. fucked up his brain is. And he becomes right. the fizzle bomber. Right. But he kills him, too, at the end. He's like, no right. more. And that's what he he tells him. He says, like, you if you want to break the cycle, if you want to break the loop, you have to love Don't kill me. Like, yes. You have to accept yourself. Just like yep. John did to Jane. Right. Yeah, that made tons of sense, and I really, really dug that. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because that was so – it was deep as hell, but it was beautifully stated and powerful and intense, and there's a lot of truth to it. There is truth to the fact it's a lot easier to hate, and they talk about that in the movie. They they have a conversation. A lot easier to hate someone than it is to love them, right? Yeah. And John agrees, like, yeah. Yeah, and the movie is so like intense, and then like so, you know, then he's just sitting on the bed, and he's like, "You are the best thing that ever that's ever happened to me. I miss you dreadfully." And he looks up, and you're like, "This is the perfect movie moment for it to end." And yet at the same time, it's completely abrupt. It's so. Yep. I mean, it's a very unique film with gives you a very unique feeling. Yeah, and, it's like retro yeah. futuristic too, because they go back and forth. They they got time travel. They've created it in the eighties, so it's. Which is cool. But then they got simple guns yeah, like cool. six shooters, and they're going back to the sixties and fifties with these outfits. It's it's all over the place with like, but they don't mix in a lot of uh, anachronisms, right? He makes a point about that mm-hmm. an anachronism, like don't use those, avoid those, and, mm-hmm. and the music mm-hmm. doesn't do that either because the music of this movie is basically just the dun 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 dun, you know, like a low key, very chill it, kind of massive attacky type music. It's looped. Come on, Peter Spearig, great score. That's yeah, another Spearig involved there, right? Um, Too many Spearigs, too many Spearigs. There's so much. I told Travis, fifteen pages of notes. Fifteen pages of notes. Wow, I got less than two pages. Yeah, yeah. What about the chicken and the egg thing? Do you guys want to? I mean, how else could we talk about it? Like, this who comes first? The rooster. That's the joke. That's 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 the joke. So he's. he's I love the joke. Here he comes to snuff the rooster. Right. Um, yeah. Again, like, he, yeah. like it's so plainly stated. Like when he's when he's getting ready to kidnap himself as a baby, Noah Taylor comes up to him and tells him, "Like you are this unique thing. You are the anomaly of the universe, the pre, the product of predestination and paradox. And, and you have no history. You have no relatives. You have no past." And he says, "Oh yeah, the rooster." And I'm like watching it this time. Like, oh yeah, like clearly they're just telling us right now everything about this character. I should not be yeah. surprised at the end yeah. when he stands up and has the, you see the scar. But I was the first time I watched it. Like I was surprised. Uh, so yeah. So, so okay. I'm glad to know I wasn't alone there. That's no, why he's one yeah. of he's one of twelve temporal agents. Eleven, I think. Oh no, you're right. No, he said there's eleven others. You're right. Do yeah. they tell us like are they like anomalies like he is, or like do they say anything else about them? We don't know. They're the okay. best and brightest. That's all we know. It's a very very specific type of person for this job. Unique. 
if this movie had been a bigger movie, I I could I would not mind another film from this universe. Like they kind of construct an interesting you know, this whole 1981 as being the the center point of time travel and and uh, just the, the whole approach is like so yeah bizarre. I'd love to yeah. learn more about that temporal agency and, and and all that. But at the same time, realistically, I don't want any of that. The the, sure. the mystique behind that is part of part of what drives the movie. Uh, temporal but, wake, dude. Sure. I love it. Yeah. The temporal wake that they're going through. It's really one of the best examples to me of trying to make it realistic when it comes to time traveling or altering dimensions because of these zoops and like this whoosh of wind. There's like a presence and energy awesome. that comes from it. But it's not like massive, but it's enough to be like, wow, something just happened here. And and then they have to they have a hard time breathing the first time. She, uh Jane or John struggles, like, oh my god, this feels crazy. And that, that was cool. I actually dug that. It's a little thing, but it goes a long way to kind of selling it to me so i watched the episode uh of swingers when this this film was announced and when eric said sci-fi you threw yourself back in your chair and rolled your eyes back as far <laughs> as you possibly would in your head so i'm delighted to hear that once again you're you know you're actually maybe more on board with the genre film than you think you would you love mcu films which are all kinds of genre films and then when you, we actually talk about genre films, you're always like, eh, I don't know. I'm a confused human being. You know, just like uh, John, Jane, and the barkeep, and, well, maybe the not rooster. the two agents and the doctor and the rooster, yeah. But this is a philosophical movie to the core. So if you got 15 pages of notes, Eric, what is it in all those notes that you really still want to get at here? Because this Good movie question. is so deep, so deep. Let's hear it. I don't even know where to start. I mean, like <laughs> one the, thing, the... One big thing. Like the... You got to address like um, just like the idea of paradoxes because you have a predestinal paradox, predestinational paradox, which is it's essentially my mom has to have met my dad in order for me to have been born in my timeline to exist. That's like your standard uh, like predestination. And then you have what's called a consistency paradox where you can actually go back in time and change something in the past in order to change the future. Uh and the cool thing about this and in terms of like it dealing with like loops is um, it avoids like the what I always see in time travel movies, which is I call it the back to the future two factor, mm -hmm. which is like the unlimited continues thing where, hey, we're in a time machine, Marty. Like if we fail, we don't get the book from Biff. We can just go back in time again and try again. Like everything has to fall in place for this for this loop to happen. And the stakes are, are set out. Uh, the, the agent himself says, if you fail, like you die. That's all there is to it. You cease to exist, mm -hmm. uh, which is fucking awesome. Um, yeah. The inevitability so, too. You said, they talk a lot about, does this feel like this is inevitable? They say that yeah. a few times in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it always has happened. It always will be in all that. Like it's, it's perfect. I love that it's 95 minutes so much. Like mm -hmm. I'm sitting there trying to pick it apart. I'm like, what can I, what can I bring this way? Like there's small things like, like John, as soon as like he, after the assignment and he settles into himself, he's not going to be like, Oh wait, I'm that dude that I fell in love with. Like almost immediately. Come mm -hmm. on. And then Ethan Hawke, like the bartender, like he's in love with, with Jane and the idea and the essence of that. We don't get a sweet scene where him as Ethan Hawke comes to visit the young Jane and like at some point I would have enjoyed that quite a bit, but you don't need it. Everything else is just, I mean, well, you're so always spot on. 
you're always anti bloat, so uh, I'm anti bloat. If you don't need true. it, then then it's it's excise. Yeah. I mean, it's for excise. me, as a uh, you know, one of my favorite things as a historian is the whole content, uh, the whole concept of contingency. You know that, yeah. that such and such major event would not happen if this other you know things had not lined up in advance. Yeah. You know, sometimes very far down the line to to make that the case, and that's what this movie is all about. It's a it's this carefully arranged circle of dominoes that if you remove any one domino, then they then they don't fall properly, right? The whole thing right, exactly. Apart. Yeah, it's they talk about in this film destiny versus predestination. Some people think things are destined to happen, or it's fate. But no, it, other we think a lot of this is inevitable, and it's predestined to happen. And wait, there's uh, a difference between destiny and predestination. I think so. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not the guy to describe it right now, but I, it feels true to me. So I could sound like a moron here, and I admit that. I don't. Freely. I don't know if I do either. I don't know. Yeah. But Aaron's chiming in saying, "I thought predestination was specific to Christianity." Different from destiny makes sense when you think about the Jesus story. Predestination is a specific to Calvinism. Uh, the, the, it's a, it is a, like a whole theory in and that school of Christian thought that are certain souls. I think it's Calvinism, maybe even Puritanism. Oh no, you, I um, think you're right on. Okay, um, it, the, yeah. the idea that there's certain souls that are always destined to go to heaven, regardless of whether or not like they commit sins, or I guess they won't commit sins because they're already already destined to go to heaven. But the John term, Calvin, uh, John Calvin, yeah. But predestination <laughs> no. itself just means you know like it's predestined. Like I mean, like you know, lowercase. Well, P, yeah. Aaron's. I think he's talking about Christian theology and a doctrine which basically says. Uh, all events have been uh, willed by God, so there, there's no free will. It's a it's a concept, it's a theory, sure. but it basically means you you have no control. It, it's predestined, but that's a Christian theology as a doctrine. But there's the two concept, examples. That's what, sorry, but I thought one of the key concepts of Christianity was free will. So if one, I feel like that's conflicting. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, uh yeah, well, yeah. So this movie is just a mind blow, man. And I do like it. It makes me think a lot in that respect. I I love the fact that there's they don't even talk about it in an awkward way at all. They don't set it up. Mm. The fact that this uh, transformation for the gender fluidity going on with the John mm -hmm. Jane character, they don't uh they don't make a big deal about it. I, the doctor in that scene were. The doctor has to tell Jane at the time after she's had her child that oh, you have male rough. organs. It really was. It was, but it was, it was very apropos, like you said. I doctor would absolutely have probably done more than ever was been given <laughs> the grace to do with that surgery and right. removing her ovaries and the uterus and all that and constructing uh, a penis and uh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, without her consent and like and she is so like demure and stuff that she's trying to be like oh oh okay i'll go along like i understand like you you help me thank you doctor like i what should i call myself now and trying to just be like a good you know it's so sad it's brutal it's so brutal when the smoking the cigarettes trying to talk like a male voice oh, it's, yeah. it's brutal yeah. it's, it's a um, tough it's a tough one it's really well done but man it's like this is this is almost rarely never been done this well in terms of a I guess I would call a mainstream film, and I call this a mainstream film. It's a, it's not as popular maybe, or it's, it's a low budget movie, but it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh man, do I bring? I don't know if I should say this or not. No do way. it. Let's find out. Let's cancel it now. How about we just cancel you now, and then you can. Say pre, it. Yeah, pre. I'm predestined to be canceled. 
was so <sighs> funny. God damn it. I don't I shouldn't laugh at that, but that was kind of funny. I, <laughs> I don't know how I feel, and you may be able to help me with this opinion. Okay. I'm not sure I like how just because now she is identifying as male, she has this confidence and this coolness to her that oh, she didn't think. have when she was Jane. It seems like oh, it's adopted and dude. That's gender roles. I mean, that's one of the brilliant things about this movie is that it really exemplifies how gender is a fucking performance that you take on uh. for yourself, that you learn through culture, and that really there's it's not something inherent to your being. It's something that you just superimpose over yourself and you wear that mask around in public because that's what people expect of you. It's brilliant, I thought. That's a pretty good response. I'll also say, I just saw right through the bullshit. You're right, Travis, but for me as the viewer, I'm like, you can just tell this is a wounded human being. Oh, yeah. It, even before we heard the story. Is, right. Yeah, when when John first sat down at the bar, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this person's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was so the fizzy sad. bomber. Yeah. Because yeah. In the, if you, I didn't notice the first time I watched it, but in the background, when John walks in, one of the, one of the, one of the people in the bar says, oh, look, check this freak out. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's something I would need to see on the second watch, which this movie is like the definition of you need a second watch film. This truly is just because there's so much going on. That's that's I, I guess that's why I chose it, because I've been wanting to do a second watch for, I guess, a few years. Yeah, I think you're sense. missing my point. I'm trying to say that I, to have Jane defy all those things that you're saying or like, uh, yeah, the and be like, I'm still going to be myself. I'm going to deal with the situation, but I'm still going to like be myself and go through with whatever has to happen without having to conform to these what have you's could have been a little bit more interesting to me than, than kind of the acquiescence of, okay, better act cool all the time and smoke. Well, you, wait, you mean like you would have preferred that when she was reconstructed as a man that she continued to live as a woman and like deny, you know, you're like, you're just like, you know, she has a, she has, she has a everything. functional, she has a functional sexual organ. She doesn't have to say, okay, I'm a man now, so I, I better put on my leather jacket and, and act like James Dean. I, I just, I, I'm not sure she had to have gone in that direction. I think it was written that way as an acquiescence. I, okay, I see your point there. Okay. I see what he's saying. Yeah. I also, I could, it's also, she's, he, John and Jane, this human being is challenged by the world before Yes, she already felt like a freak before this happened to her. Right. So I think she, I, th I think when she was Jane, she had the kid there. You think about that moment. She has the child and they're really, even in the retelling of the story, it seems like, wow, there really seems like a chance for me to have a, mm -hmm. some sense of normalcy or whatever you right. want to yeah. call it. That's why she to, says it's, it's going to grow up with a dad, a mom, a no, no, quote unquote normal right. family life. She, she mm -hmm. was abandoned. It's huge mm -hmm. to her, obviously. And then to have it taken away like that. Uh, it 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 just can destroy you more. Where you, she would she was acquiescing to life. I mean, I I guess she could have been like a rebel even further. But I think there was a defeatism yeah. involved in a sense of like I'm just I'm exhausted. I'm cashed. Whatever. I'm a dude now. All right. Right. And and I th I do think we need to look at the the time frame too. I mean, like I I mean that is all happening to her in what the late sixties, mid sixties. Yeah. You know, like she she. I, I don't know that she would have felt, you know, like, like we, we know from the movie, they talk about Christine Jorgensen. There's very few reference points for 
transgender or like openly intersex people or like anything beyond the the presumed binary that's you know quote unquote normal so you know in yep. order to try and uh adapt to society i think that that's what i meant by the by performance and stuff i mean i i you're right that i didn't fully get your point but i still maintain that like she like is doing what she thinks that she's supposed to do like i have a penis i am now a man like she's not going to think well well women can have a penis no that's a very 2022 kind of idea that's not i think something that people in that time frame would have believed or thought for for the most part okay Okay, satisfied or? Well, I mean, we got to move on anyways. Uh, we're almost <laughs> at the on. end here. We've been talking about this movie for a while. Uh, any other classic huge points? I mean, this movie is so complex. You could you could truly talk about this movie for three hours easy. You really, you really could. could. Um, I, I, I once again found myself just writing down like piece of dialogue after piece of dialogue because they're just breadcrumbs. I just couldn't believe, again, just to reiterate this point on the second viewing, that everything is so clearly laid out for the viewer and it's that's partly it feels like a like a like a shell game you know like uh because it, it's 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 actually kind of obvious and that's partly why it's so fascinating to watch because it, the, the the reveal and the and the surprise it's it's it comes right in front of your fucking face he was right there the whole time so it, it's yeah. actually like it's it, it messes with you this movie messes with you i think it's a really smart movie and, and props not just of course to the spirits and all these actors we got to give props to robert heinlein who we haven't really mentioned very much the uh the yeah. writer of the original short story that it, they're that the you know that the spirits were pretty faithful to he's preceding bill dick when it comes to crime like pre-crime prevention mm -hmm. so I'd like to read. I, th I think it's like ten pages. Like I'd, I'd like to check out the th short story. From what I understand, they yeah, there's no visual bomber element. Like they throw that all out, and it's just mm -hmm. a straight tale about just Jane. Um, so props to the Spirits because I I dig the the visual bomber element quite a bit. I think it adds a ton. Agreed. But yeah. my problem well, is the 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 way they start the movie, man. Like when it starts, you're like, oh. Like I like I like Time Cop. I like uh, like Source Code, <laughs> and then it fucking hits the break for like an hour, and you got to yeah. listen to this like story, which yeah. I can dig now because I know what the story is. But right. I remember uh... even when I was stumbling out of the bar, like what the fuck? Yeah, it's a bold like... choice to make the, your whole first act the um, the backstory and the memoir of the character that played by the person that people watching the movie hadn't they didn't know who sarah snook was at this point and they yeah. and they maybe didn't even realize that they were watching a woman play a man at that point so like you're watching yeah, you know, well, or at least in the early part of it but, <laughs> but i mean yeah so i think that it's, it's a bold choice the way that they what they do here this narration that whole part of the film the mm -hmm. bar talk really really reminded me of the V for Vendetta telling the story about where the note came from, where he originally got that note from the prisoner, the female uh -huh. lesbian actress who was uh, yeah. you know, taken away because probably because she was homosexual. And uh, it totally had like the exact same style to me in terms of the, the kind of going back and forth from the prison cell with Natalie Portman, then back to her story. And this one, it's just much longer. It's like five times as longer and it's a lot of narration, and I really sat there and thought about it for a while because I'm like, is this is this well done? Is this the way this should have been done? And I am not I'm not sure that I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but I'm gonna think about it a lot more, and I'm gonna watch it again, and I wanna I wanna get to the bottom of that because 
I kind of enjoyed it because it does build a lot there, and it's not it doesn't drag either, which is good news. So I don't know. I'm confused on that one. But I was also really confused about, hey, who was this person sitting out at the bar? Because we have no information as a first-time viewer. Like, is this the fizzy bomber? Or mm -hmm. then you find out, I start to think, oh, this is like a lead. Like, this could be a key witness that he's trying mm -hmm. to get to the fizzy bomber. And it seems like mm -hmm. it's going to be a formulaic movie. And then it's not at all. Not so, at all. That's yeah, good. and it, it yeah. keeps you guessing. And that's that's unique. That's good. Yeah. That's kind of why I wish it would have just started with the bar and then... a person walks into the bar and unfolds their story instead of like this like very hollywood action scene and then we go into this like whole tale but you know that's just like i do i'm sorry to interrupt but i think i was thinking about that this time too because I, I was i asked myself like why would they kind of shoehorn in at the beginning this scene when it would make kind of more sense so I get maybe it's a bit actiony to like hook you instead of yeah. uh, you know the, there's action coming we promise it's not just two people sitting in a yeah. bar. Yeah. <laughs> more than that, I think that it's really smart to have as early as possible in the film have it where you learn that the that uh, a major character has had facial reconstruction surgery because you kind of forget as the movie mm. goes on so that you, only towards the end are you like oh right he I forgot his whole fucking face was removed and it, right yeah. like you, right you over my it, head but, man you're right you see it and you acknowledge it but it's so early in the film and the setup that like you get lost in the other stuff so i think that's actually a, a smart placement for that dude person. like and like i'm sorry but oh damn plumber checking in hey boys miss you guys just got on the book face and saw you were live i have never even heard of this movie but it, it is always a pleasure hearing you guys critique, no matter what the flick. Dan, we love you. Thanks for the comment. And you're right. Like, th this movie flew by, and, like, there was no marketing. And I'm thinking to myself while we're talking, how do you even market the picture? Like, I'm looking at a picture of Ethan Hawke with, like, a gun with, like, time shit going on in the background. Right. And I guess that's just <laughs> yeah, the guns to are... get passes in theaters. Yeah, this this photo behind me, like the main movie poster with him with a gun, yep. like a six shooter though. A mustache. When I even before I saw the movie, I'm like, yep. okay, so this is this gun is telling me a lot because it's saying the title's predestination and there's a gun. <laughs> hmm. And it really just kind of had me confused because uh, I knew nothing else, you know. I mean, basically, like I, I, you know, I, I think most people watch this movie like, oh, okay, it's time travel and it's got Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I'll time cop. Right. I thought maybe uh, it was like a looper, you know, something like a looper yeah, thing, yeah. which if maybe seen, it is a little bit. Yeah. If I had seen Daybreak before this, because I actually watched that somewhat recently and I and I talked it up on the show then, I may have I may have been on board for that too. A spirit, the Spirit Brothers reteaming with Ethan Hawke because Daybreak was pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. But again, well, going back, going back, dude, if I... If I am ever the unfortunate victim of a catastrophic fire blast... I can only hope that the doctors reconstruct my face to be as beautiful as Ethan Hawke. Because this ain't adding up, man. Come on. Well, you didn't you didn't like the Eddie Furlong look that male Sarah Snook had? We had we had Dana Hahn, Eddie Furlock, and young Leo DiCaprio. I was all confused back in 2015. Like, who the fuck is but I don't know, man. It's uh, that's why I kind of like <laughs> to that to that point though. I think a lot of people, as bonkers as this is, like it is a really great story. Like, so on paper, this is like, oh my god, I might have the best paradox time travel movie ever. Then, yeah, how do you like to film it? There's gotta be some suspension of disbelief. Clearly, 
the body structure, the skeleton. Right. <laughs> you got to get over it and just enjoy this ride because this is a fucking cool tale. Yeah, and that and that's true of just about any piece of science fiction that movie that you watch. And like, no matter how good the effects, you typically do still have to like you know lend them some of your disbelief. Come so on, that, so that you can enjoy the picture <laughs> properly. And I, and I don't think this movie demands too much of the viewer in terms and that uh, like to because I mean he does seem taller. He's he's Ethan Hawke is clearly taller than Sarah Snook. Uh, I, I would say that. But other other than that, I, I think that you know. I, some of the hair, like they're okay with the hair, and like some of the 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 voice. I think the voice is somewhat similar. Um, you know, they they work they work on it, but it's, you're right, that's not perfect. Okay. Well, hey, you chose this movie, Travis. Why don't you lead us off and close it out with? Does it hold up or not? Well, you know, I, I would also like to praise as I kind of wrap this up the the set design the uh the set the 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 set decoration i mean i think that for the periods that they're in here they do a pretty good job of establishing a, especially the bar um there's there's they do a good job in making Bar's you great. feel like i'm in the 70s and 60s and 80s yeah. uh without having it be i don't know Lame. like yeah, without having to be too overwrought and like too like look how nineteen look at all the seafoam green, you know what I mean? Like that's just not without being <laughs> dumb like, Rolling Stones on the jukebox. Oh, yeah, exactly. Without 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 beating you over the head about it, like that bar feels like a seventies bar for sure. I want to go to that bar. I don't even want to go too. to a bar, but I want to go to that bar. I love that bar. I want to go there too, and I want to play on my own grandpa on the, on the jukebox. But. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I I'm glad to have revisited. I, I I actually like it way better than I thought I would on second viewing. I mean, I, I thought I thought I was gonna think that it held up, but I think I liked it even better than I did the first time. I'm like, this is this is a pretty impressive movie. This is a unique movie. This is in time travel, uh, the time travel travel genre. I'd put this up there with time crimes and primer. Uh, this is uh, this is important, good time travel fiction and uh hopefully anyone listening at this point has already watched the film but if not i do recommend it still i mean it, it it's a it's a mind fuck I, I think it definitely holds up hey well that's one for travis uh by the way aaron worley says good job boys nine and a half out of ten for me wow holds up that is a very high rating system first off uh, not yeah. normal in the movie world to go 10 stars but uh that's great rating uh i'll go next uh i'll say that this is a movie that i had no idea it existed and i may have never known it existed <laughs> if travis hadn't brought it to the table it's confusing and it's challenging though i like challenging movies it didn't drop well maybe it did i don't know there's a lot of exhibiting uh, a lot of offering of facts and information at times, but I don't think it was overwrought. They were doing a storytelling section of the film. So in that sense, it wasn't just about like facts and figures. It was trying to lay out a sense of just the awful existence that this human being had gone through. And I think that's okay. Um, it doesn't drag either. Cause it's fascinating. You want to know what's happening, where it's going. And it's short. Like Eric said, there's no bloat here. You know, hour and a half, get in, get out, which it's cool. I, I'm not in a hurry to leave. I know I'm known for fast forwarding through movies, but I'm happy. To, I'll watch a three hour movie. No problem. If it's interesting, that's all that matters is, are you compelling? Are you compelling me? And am I compelled? So if you compel me, then I'll follow you in the compelling of the compel. I'm lost. I'll uh, uh, compel the compelling. Uh, all I know is that I 
think this movie holds up because it's fascinating enough to at least watch a second time. And if it's fascinating enough to, like, I got to watch this at least another time, then it holds up. If I watch the second time and I change my mind, I reserve the right to do that. But so far, this movie holds up. All right. It's two. <laughs> Shit. Uh, it's like the best episode of Botched ever. Go into a hospital to give birth, come out as a different sex. Yikes. Um, too soon? Um, dude, oh, God. The, the, the movie is a tough watch if you're not paying attention. Like I said before, man. Um, and it was overlooked back in the day, man. Uh, and it shouldn't have been. If you're into time travel movies, this even defies the convention of a time travel movie because it, it's it's not even really like a movie. Like it, it's like the best episode of like Black Mirror ever. Hmm. Um, it, <laughs> like like you don't have so many elements of just a goddamn regular movie. It's it's just telling this really interesting story. And God bless these filmmakers. Uh, not because of their later work, because Winchester was awful. Oh, but oh, in 2015, for adapting, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for adapting Heinlein in 2015, it's so bold and it's just it has so much integrity as this uh, time travel noir that we kind of saw with Looper and Primer and that stuff. But this is your your best bet in in terms of that because uh, it's about humanity. Like one of the scenes I watched a few times was. When the fizzle bomber gets taken out, mm-hmm. you you it, it's easy to forget when when the bartender kills the fizzle bomber, that's Jane dying. That's the the baby's last minute on earth. That's this mm-hmm. entire character's last moment for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. This is their life. So, so there's too much humanity there. And the fizzle bomber's saying, I deserve to exist, I'm important. Yeah, we disagree because of what's happened, but just think of that, man. Where do you get that that type of pathos in a science fiction movie in fucking 2010s? It absolutely holds up, dude. Uh, I I can't talk about it enough, dude. You got to check it out. It's fucking awesome. Holds up. It's one of the best explorations of identity I think I've seen on film. Yeah, that says it all. Okay, well, that's a clean sweep, folks. Travis had skeptics because... People hadn't heard of this film, but it paid off, and then some with a clean sweep of holds up. Woohoo! Yay, All right. Yippee! He still got it, Travis. All okay. right, there it is. Still got it. That's another edition of the Cinema Nine Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. This was the Friday Night Live special edition. Usually, we're on Thursdays at seven fifteen p.m. Eastern Time. YouTube channel, sub it, subscribe, join the throngs of people that are subscribing to our channel, and please. grow, learn, share. Please, yes, be our friend. We like you, <laughs> Eric Branstrom. I believe you're on the <laughs> clock here. You're on deck. Uh, what are we First watching selection. next for next episode, buddy? What will hold uh, up? Uh, we're finally doing one that's been on my list since maybe uh first few episodes. Wow. We're going back to 1999. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, it's been a long time coming, Michael. What? Yep. <laughs> um, Ted Griffin is a really interesting writer. Brought us uh, Ocean's Eleven 2001. Uh some big studio hits. And uh, for me, this is one that I've always enjoyed, but it's been so long. And you know, we used to watch this so much back in the day. It may or may not have been actually directed by Antonia Bird. We're going there. Ravenous, 1999. Oh, <laughs> Luke, are you still watching? Ravenous. 
I wanted to talk. Wow. I mean, this was on my list too, but I took it off because I'm like, well, this is one of my favorite movies. I know it holds up. I don't need to. <laughs> it's so been find out. probably we'll been see. about 15 years for me, man. Oh, uh, wow. it's, it's last, in fact, the last time I watched it was the three times in a row I had to watch it when I woke up with Luke that one day at the dump. At the dump. There yeah, it is. It was, a, it was a regular, I mean, like one of the top views that we watched <laughs> over and over again when we lived at the Horror Westerns are making a comeback after Bone Tomahawk, so let's do it. Awesome call, dude. I'm excited. You know what's funny is, yeah, it was always on at the dump, but I never, really, I never on. really absorbed it, though. I never really, like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, my I my recollection is like, oh, Luke's watching Ravenous again. I'm going to, I would like pass by <laughs> and I caught some scenes here and there. Like, I, you know, I remember yeah. some beards and, uh, <laughs> beards. That's dude. I'm, I'm, uh, blood. I, I'll, I'll save it for next week. But I, I this is for once. I remember my theatrical experience with this one. So that's me too. Yeah. Look, okay, we cool. saw this together. I believe we did. Oh yeah. my! Well, it's gonna be a doozy next week. Ravenous, 1999. Go check it out. Go find it. And until then, we'd like to thank you for watching and listening to the Cinema Night Podcast. For Travis Roy, Eric Brandstrom, and myself, <laughs> we wish you all a lovely evening. I'm my own grandpa. Me.